From the Mountaineer Game Day studios in the luxurious University City, this is the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. Nick Farrell here with you, and we're going to have some fun on today's episode. Last week, track star Kaylee McCabe placed third at the NCAA Outdoor National Championships, earning All-America status for the second year in a row. That national championship event was the final sporting event for WVU student-athlete for the 2021-22 academic year. And as such, it's time to close the book on the year that was in Mountaineer Athletics. So we've got the Golden Blue Nation gang all here during our year in review pod special. We'll share our favorite moments from the year that was and tell you about the things that we're most looking forward to next year. And there are some very obvious ones, some maybe not so obvious ones, but we'll start with the year in review first. Let's introduce the panel, our, our wonderful panel, ladies first, Mountaineer football insider, Angelica Trenone. Hey. What's up, Nick? Uh, not much. What's up with you? All just ready to talk about some uh, favorite moments of the year. Like how your air conditioning uh, is great. That's probably up there for one of your favorite now, moments of the year. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought we were talking about favorite moments, not like, tragedy. Least favorite but moments. it's okay. Uh, yeah. Back on the podcast for the second time in her illustrious career is producer Jamie Green. Howdy. Glad to be back, Jamie. I'm happy to be back. You've I'm been glad itching you... to be back for a while. Yeah, totally. I don't know why you guys don't have me more. <laughs> we'll see oh. how you do today. We'll see how you do today, and then we'll grade you from there. Uh, on to the men. Uh, we've got Ryan Decker. Deck, what's up, buddy? Oh, just living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream as always. Great. And uh, web manager Sam Caniglio. Hey, buddy. Hello. Welcome. Not Sam, much of an intro. Sam is our resident New Yorker, so he's going to be the Mike Francesa for this pod. Well, uh, yeah, just don't call in and ask me about Jason Giambi. Can you say That's... back after this? Back after this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so what we're going to do is each of us are going to share our favorite moment from the year, why it's our favorite moment, and we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our moment that we're most looking forward to for next year. Does that sound great to everyone? Fantastic. Yeah. All right, break. Here we go. Uh, let's roll out with, with ladies first, Angelica first, favorite moment from 2021-22 and why. Okay, favorite moment is one that's not going to be probably an obvious one, but it's my favorite moment because of a couple different reasons. So, West Virginia wrestler Peyton Hall, All-America status for the second straight year, finished eighth at the NCAA Championships. Pepe, a special place in my heart because we are both from home of the world's largest teapot. He's the hometown kid, most famous person from my high school, Peyton. Um... So to be able to watch him, he took it from me. Okay. Yep, it's definitely Peyton. When you're a two-time All-American, that's tough. That's tough to compete with it. He's got his picture up in the gym probably. I do not, but, you know, that's tough. Maybe someday. That's tough. There's still hope. Just wait till kickball's over. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Well, so, okay, side note, uh, Golden Blue Nation kickball starting this summer, coming to a diamond near you. All of us Can't are wait. playing in a kickball league, including some of our spouses slash fiancés. So that's going to be our favorite moment from next year once we dominate the league. Anyway, back to your story. And one of those fiancés, Ryan's fiancé, Kylie, also from the same area as Peyton and I. So back to Peyton. That's my favorite moment because to be able – at my high school, not very many one Division one athletes get produced. A lot of our sports teams are just, you know, go Bears. So – <laughs> to be able to see Peyton have success on the mat, 
a West Virginia kid. We know how much it means to him from the interview that we got to do with him. And the the support that he had from our hometown of just everybody, you know, tweeting out when he was going to be wrestling, whatever. I mean, I think that was probably the most wrestling I've ever talked about in my life of working here. We were all live tweeting his matches. So for me, that was one of my favorite moments because to watch somebody from the same area I'm from have that success as a student athlete and really in all phases that come with being a student athlete because after after he became an All-American, he went back to our high school, presented the assistant wrestling coach with a check through the Big 12 Champions for Life program, um, Jesse Mahan. I know Jesse and his family really well too. So to be able to see that Peyton, it, Peyton is somebody who can represent WVU, represent our hometown and you know just really be a great kid somebody for people to look up to throughout West Virginia. That was my favorite moment to be able to see him achieve something that big of competing for an NCAA championship. And hey, next year, he only just keeps placing higher and higher. So next year, I'm thinking a, a top podium finish for Peyton. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's a unique one, Angelica. And and honestly, t- it's a guy who's living the dream, right? I mean, any any kid growing up in the Mountain State would want to achieve in any sport the type of achievements that Peyton has over the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And he is somebody who I'm pretty sure in high school, um, if he didn't, I think he won his state championship all four years and all at a different weight class, I believe. So he's a a pretty great kid and having the chance to, to get to talk to him a little bit outside of wrestling, he's just, he is, he's just one of those that you would be happy for him to be a role mo- a role model to your kid. And I know he's very active with things um, back home and trying to get people involved. So for me, that was my favorite moment to see somebody from the same area I'm from achieve something that, you know, people from our area don't get to do very often. If you somehow missed Peyton's run in the NCAA tournament, uh, we, of course, covered it at GoldenBlueNation.com, and you can read about the trip that he made back to his high school alma mater to present that check uh, through the Big 12 Champions for Life program. All right, so Angelica's got us off to a good start. OGHS represent. Thank you. Thank you. Didn't they have a good baseball team this year, or am I making that up? Um, I think had a good baseball team. Softball team was competitive oh, in the state tournament, too. Oh, softball is what I was thinking about. Yeah, Volleyball yeah. is also um, very competitive, won some state championships. But whenever I was in high school, 13 straight wrestling championships went yeah, to wow. OGHS. So, you know. But this is not an Oak Glen podcast. This is a WVU podcast. Well, so. you said I know. We, I know. it could be what anything, I wanted it anything. to be no, for it's a my good, part. It's a, good, it's a good story for sure. Jamie, uh, what about you? I'm going with a pretty obvious choice. Uh, Coach Huggins finally getting the call to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it was about time. You know, we tweet about it every single week. Hugs to the Hall for the past pff, how many years? Three, four years. But um, yeah, I was just so happy that he finally got his time to go into the hall and um, how could you not have teared up, you know, during his acceptance speech, you know, everything he said um, about his dad and how that really, you know, helped with his career. And I just thought, you know, that's great. And it was about time. I thought one of you two girls was going to say, the time that we got one of Bob Huggins pullovers to do our Mountaineer game day and Bob Huggins show promos this year was going to be your favorite moment. Oh yeah, that was definitely, that was fun. You know, Angelica makes a great Bob Huggins. Everyone, thank you for putting me in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll talk We'll talk more about this in a little bit, but that obviously is one of the uh, most obvious continuing storylines for next year because he's going to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame come September. And 
it's time, as you mentioned, Jamie. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it is. It has been long overdue to, to have Coach Huggins finally get the call from the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. So definitely one of the highlights of the year, yeah. for sure. And just like all his former players, you know, Jared Calhoun and uh, some of his former players, you know, everything they say about him, they're, now we need the statue. We need the statue up in the Coliseum. <laughs> That's probably a story for a different podcast. That's from Jared Calhoun saying <laughs> that. Starting uh, the campaign yeah, now. Yeah, okay. All right, Jamie. So sounds good. Okay, let's go over to the guys. Gentlemen, uh, Sam, your favorite moment from the 21-22 academic year. Well, I'll stay on the basketball court and I'll say my favorite moment was the uh, basket brawl, the backyard brawl game against Pitt. Um, I had the privilege of covering it by myself. Uh, that wasn't sarcastic. Like I was doing everything, and it was. We left awesome. Sam out to dry because it was uh, a football road weekend. Football right? road weekend. Yeah, there were everybody was in all corners of the of the nation at that point. But yeah, it was it was just an awesome experience because it was the first ever sellout in. November in WVU basketball history. Um, and it was also the first sellout since uh, March of 2020, which we all know what that means. It was a good year and a half since the Coliseum had been that full. Um, I was right on the court shooting highlights. And by the time the game was over, uh, I felt like I was at a Metallica concert because my ears were ringing so loud. You know, <laughs> it, the, the fans were rabid. It was pit. So there was a lot of anger you know in in the fan base but and they got what they wanted it was a 15 point win there were some scraps here and there and uh well let's just say optimism was pretty high at that point right that was the home opener maybe the second game of the year right it was or the second game of the year but it was you know i think it was a sat it was a friday night that's right that's right it was the and second home game uh, they played oakland in the opener yeah, right? yeah yeah so i mean it was just there, there was so much excitement around that game, justifiably so. And, I mean, it was they pretty much coasted by Pitt, which in basketball, that's that's pretty good. Football, you want it to be a little more competitive maybe, but basketball, easy win. So one of the great themes for the year that was was the return to sport. Uh, not in the sense that student-athletes were returning because they all played during 2020-21 uh, when the pandemic was in sort of full blast, but – a lot of those games, as you mentioned, Sam, were played in empty arenas or 50% full, 25% full, something like that. Right. Uh, and, it, and many of those first moments, like the LIU home football game, were memorable in their own unique way because it just felt almost foreign to be able to celebrate sport in the way that we had come to know before the pandemic started. Yeah, and you're exactly right. But, you know, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound a little, uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe, you know, uh, ungrateful, but I, I experienced those from the press box, and that's pretty soundproof, you know. So <laughs> you, you can't really hear what's going on in the on the floor. But when um, WVU beat Pitt, uh, that was, I believe, Huggins' past Bobby Knight, in the on the wins tied, tied Bob Knight tied at nine oh two. That's right. Yeah, I was on the court and I could not hear Bill Nevin what he was saying. The crowd was going so loud. Like I, I had to text people say what what did he just say because <laughs> I couldn't understand what he was saying. It was so loud. So that was my first real soiree. Like okay, sports are back. The fans are back, and we're gonna have a good year. And of course, since the revival of the backyard brawl three years ago or three basketball games ago, West Virginia has swept Pitt in all three of those contests. So off to a good start. Absolutely right. Back to the Big East era, right? Okay, Deck. So we've hit two basketball stories and a wrestling 
yeah. story. What about you? So I'm staying on the basketball court as well for mine. And mine, I guess, in a way kind of ties in with what Sam just said and what you guys have just talked about was you got to go to the end of the season where he started with the beginning of the season. I'll go to the end of the basketball year, which towards the end got rough at times. You know, there was two different seven game losing streaks for this team. But the way the regular season ended with that win against TCU at home, final game of the regular season, and then the team rushes into the student section to really not only celebrate the win, but it was also to kind of thank the, the students specifically for staying with the team the entire year through a pair of seven game losing streaks. That was just great to see um, because you really don't get moments like that a lot. I mean, certainly what you guys have just talked about with the, the lack of fans because of the pandemic there for almost two years, you didn't get that for a while. But to see the team really kind of embrace the student section and the student section obviously embrace them back, that was just cool to see. Because it was, it was kind of the opposite of a court storming, which is court stormings are ever done. But it, it was great to see the players go into the the fans, into the stands, and, and have that with them. And, and of course, uh, a, a joke has come out of that here in the office. Ryan was so excited about it, he forgot to hit record on the camera to record it. Oh, really? I don't even know that I knew about that. He How sure is this the did. first here, that I'm hearing here's about the this? thing. He's, and he is just shooting it like a champ. Because oh, yeah. We're, I've seen your reverse footage, right? Yep. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're both in it. I ju- I was jumping chairs right behind Polly. Ryan and I are up in yep. it. We get upstairs and Ryan goes... I actually didn't hit record on yeah. any of that. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so, you double tap the record button and yeah, nothing actually records. Sometimes you just get records. too excited. Yeah. Yep. But luckily, I will say luckily, it <laughs> was also shooting on my phone. So I kind of got okay. the shot that way. Redemption. Which was used in the highlights that night for, for our report. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you just get too excited and double tap a little bit. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's but, pretty funny. But what a great moment that was. Absolutely, Deck. So we invite you, of course, to share your favorite moments with us on social media, Facebook, Follow us, Golden Blue Nation. Follow us on Twitter at Gold and Blue NTN. We're also on Instagram at Golden Blue Nation. Send us a message, send us a tweet, leave us a comment. Let us know what your favorite moment from the academic year 21-22 was. Here's mine. You know, I have a in my Twitter bio, for those of you many thousands who follow me on Twitter, you know that I have trademarked a phrase that John Antonic came up with last year, and that is uh, that I am an avid soccer observer. There was a soccer story that John Antonic wrote uh, that referred to me as a Golden Blue Nation beat reporter and avid soccer observer, as if I needed to have some more credibility about uh, my knowledge of the sport, right? So anyhow, I've come to embrace that moniker because I think it, it is very fitting, and so I appreciate John for that. And so, of course, my favorite moment of the year happened on the pitch And it was not the Virginia Tech win at Dick Dulesque Stadium in the NCAA tournament on penalties. And the reason for that was I had COVID. And so I'm still kind of bitter that I missed that. But for me, it was the pit game back in the end of August, almost full house at DDSS, think 1,400 fans, it's 1,600 capacity. And it was a huge, huge game, maybe the biggest of Dan Stratford's short tenure at WVU. Pitt was number three in the country, a team that looked primed for a run to the College Cup. West Virginia, we've heard Dan say it a bunch of times, wants to be a top 10 team at that point, wanted to be a top 10 team, wanted to establish itself as a power, and took it right to Pitt. Goals by Luke McCormick and Adam Birchall, who's a transfer from Charleston. The the atmosphere, similar to the Pitt basketball game, was electric. It was just such a fun night because that was the night, you know, if, if 
the, the win over Marshall the previous year before Marshall went on to win the national championship was really big for the men's soccer program. But that game started it all last season in what ended up uh, the team's longest NCAA tournament run or deepest NCAA tournament run in four decades. That was the thing that got West Virginia's season going. And you know when you, when you look back at it, there weren't too many teams that made the NCAA tournament this year at WVU. The men's soccer team did and made a deep, deep run to the Elite Eight, lost to Georgetown in penalty kicks, uh, almost made it to the College Cup for the first time ever. And it was that game against Pitt that really showed just how much progress the Mountaineers had made during the offseason, but how close they were to achieving that goal of being a top 10 team in the country. So that that was what it was for me, the Pitt game. I was on play-by-play that night. ton of fun. think I blacked out a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great, great night. Great night. Uh, thanks, John Antonic. You don't know what you've created by typing out like a few I'm not, simple I feel like words. I'm not actually that bad about it. A second thing, uh, shout out Bestie Powell. We can't talk about men's soccer, but I did want to say to your point and how we talked about the crowds, I think you and I talked about this, Nick, on another podcast. The crowds that came out this year for men's soccer, absolutely spectacular. And that's one of those games as well to where I think fans got a little taste of what this team could be, and then they just kind of came out in bunches. And I think for WVU Athletics as a whole – a lot of great fan support for some of these sports who haven't really gotten it in a big way. Same thing for baseball, had some record setting. But to your point, that was one of those games that I think helped from a fan perspective, too, of keeping people, you know, wanted to be there, showed up in bunches, and that crowd did not disappoint from there on out, no matter how big the game was. And talking about the crowds, you mentioned baseball, too. Think of all the weather that baseball had to deal with this year for home games specifically. Still set the program record for for attendance in a single season. To to what you guys have just said, credit to the fans for showing up this year through through really rain, sleet, snow, and everything that could be thrown at them. Truly. I mean, that series against Texas, they played the doubleheader on Saturday. It was practically snowing in May. And fans still came out. I think more than 3,000 fans came out for, for that doubleheader against Texas. And it is remarkable that the baseball team set an attendance record, breaking the record previously set in 2019 when they hosted an NCAA regional. Uh, I think that that right there summarizes how strong fan support has been for the non-football and basketball units on campus this year. So those are our favorite moments from the 21-22 academic year. We're going to take a quick break, get a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll come back with the moments that we are most looking forward to next year when the action resumes. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. The Golden Blue Nation Year in Review pod special continues. Nick Farrell here with Angelica Trinone, Jamie Green, Ryan Decker, and Sam Coniglio. We've got the whole Golden Blue Nation crew here. Now we'll tell you about the things we're most looking forward to next year for the 2022-23 academic year. Jamie's going to lead us off because she's picked the most obvious one, and there's no sense in holding this back because we're not going to be keeping anybody in suspense. Everyone knows what the most anticipated sporting event of 2022-23 will be, and it is... 
the backyard brawl. Yep, everyone has their calendars marked for that September first game. Uh, yeah, I grew up going to the games as a kid, and the backyard brawl was always something we all looked forward to. You know, the rivalry between Pitt and WVU is just so historic and amazing, and bringing it back after over a decade is going to be it's going to be interesting to see you know how these two teams played you know after departing the big east and you know i have great memories you know i was there unfortunately for that 13-9 game but you know hoping for a different outcome you live and learn right you, you live move, and learn you move on you know i i'm i'm excited because of you know i've never been to a backyard brawl game right i grew up in western pa I watched it on TV. The games were always exciting and of local interest, even though I swear I was neutral at the time, was not a Pitt or West Virginia fan at that time in my life when these games were being played on an annual basis. Uh, But it was always must-see TV, and it's going to be that way this year. The the storyline that I'm most looking forward to is how many Mountaineer fans are they going to get into Heinz Field? Oh, yeah. Like, like is it going to be partisan? Is it going to be a pit majority? Or or is WVU going to really load that place up? Oh, WVU fans are definitely going to show out. You know, it's, you know, less than 80 miles. They'll they'll make that trouble. They'll leave work early. On a Thursday. Yeah, good, good point. Good what point. You- I assume most of them won't even be working on Thursday or Friday. That, you- that's my guess. What do you say, Nick? Maybe we do Mountaineer Game Day from the Gateway Clipper? You got a connection there, Jamie? (laughs) I mean, senior producer Jamie Green might just be making a call. All right. All right. Good. So Backyard Brawl is the the most obvious one. Uh, Angelica, give us your storyline that you're most looking forward to. So Sam did a little foreshadowing by mentioning the transfer portal right there. My, um, <clears throat> mine will be, <laughs> look at that, I'm getting choked up <laughs> thinking about it already. Mine is going to be the return of Emmett Matthews mm. to the basketball program from the standpoint of, like Sam said, a lot of negativity surrounding the transfer portal and, you know, players leaving and going elsewhere. But I don't know that there has been a story quite as unique as Emmett as using the transfer portal to go somewhere else, went to Washington for a year, then using the transfer portal to come back to West Virginia. I think that is a unique story. I can't wait to see how it plays out in that aspect of having the opportunity to hear from Emmett himself on what went into both of those decisions and why he felt now would be the right time to come back. Um, of course, he had like the best video to announce that he was coming back, right? Like anytime he put Slim Shady in there, pretty sweet. He's like, guess who's yep. back, right? So, I just think that is going to be one of those unique things to keep an eye on to see how that plays out. Because again, you associate the transfer portal with oh, they're taking fans' favorite players away and all of this, but. What happens when it takes it away and it brings it right back? So I'm just intrigued to see how that is going to work out from that standpoint um, and just really see another side of the transfer portal and also see what's changed with Emmett since then. Emmett was a fan favorite then. We will always remember him for dunking on Texas Tech in the Big 12 Conference tournament. tournament. I know that the um, fan perspective is, you know – on both sides, people are really excited to see him come back. Some people are just, you know, shaking their fist at the transfer portal and, you know, are maybe saying, oh, well, he left, so he, what's the point of coming back, right? So I think that's what I'm most looking forward to seeing because I 
am really just intrigued on how it's going to play out and what success it's going to have. And I mean, of course, happy to have Emmett back. We wish him the best, but would really like to see, you know, maybe just how much he's grown from this experience, why he felt it was the right time to come back and just to, you know, let people in on a whole different side of the transfer portal, which is you know, just become almost the norm in college athletics now. But I don't know. I can't think of another story. Can anybody else of somebody who has left a program, transferred out, transferred back? Nothing comes to mind immediately. Yeah. I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. So I'm looking forward to that and to see just how, you know, with so many people departing the basketball program, you have Emmett who he can say, I was a guy, been there, done that, went through the 2019 season, went somewhere else. Maybe the grass wasn't always greener and now I'm back. I think from a leadership perspective, I'm really uh, wanting to see what that can do for this team as well. So I think everything that Emmett Matthews brings back when he comes back is going to be something that I really want to watch closely and also shout out for Kaylee McCabe next year is going to be the year she gets the natty. Yeah, but I didn't want to use recency bias since she just ran and say that's what I'm most looking forward to because we got to give the legs a rest. We'll give her a rest till uh, cross country, but you know me, I always have to have an honorable mention, and it's for our okay. girl, okay, Kaylee. Okay, so good points on Emmett. You know, the thing that Coach Hugs always says about transfers is it takes them a while to learn what he expects of them. Well, you don't have to teach Emmett that. He already knows, and he's already been through it. And so that's huge from a – transitional perspective and from a leadership perspective. But, okay, quick side note on Kaylee McCabe. Most dominant individual athlete on campus right now? I mean, has to be, has right? Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Agree, guys? Yeah, totally. I, I'd say so. I mean, she she set the national sophomore record for fastest steeplechase time at just over 9 minutes, 30 seconds in the national championship. Fastest, I think it was six, six maybe. Six okay. fastest yeah. all time in an NCAA race. Pretty, pretty remarkable yeah. stuff. So, okay, we've got a basketball one, so I guess should we stick with basketball? Sam, what do you, what do you say? Yeah, mine's a little more niche, I guess. Um, I'm really excited for WVU's appearance in the Big East Big 12 battle or Big 12 Big East battle. It depends on who you ask. Maybe interchangeable depending yeah, on your league yeah, I think affiliation. It's inter- interchangeable. But this year, WVU is going to Xavier. Um, now, that might not be a big deal to WVU fans, but college basketball fans know that obviously Huggins is a legendary coach of Cincinnati um, and Cincinnati the city of Cincinnati is run by college basketball the Bengals but obviously besides that college basketball and the uh, civil war between Xavier and Cincinnati this will be the first time that WVU has ever traveled to Xavier and um, I mean Huggs is going back to enemy territory he's gonna be a Hall of Famer doing it um, but I, you know there's nothing better than smaller schools um, their college basketball arenas and when their fans are angry. Um, and they're going to be pretty ticked off when uh, Hug shows up at uh, the Cintas Center. Um, so if the, if the theme for you is atmospheres, Sam, like the backyard brawl basketball atmosphere from a year ago, I mean, that one sounds like a an atmosphere to die for out there in Cincinnati. Oh, entirely. And I'm actually really bummed that they didn't wait a year for this because there's a pretty good chance that WVU is going to go to Cincinnati and play the Bearcats next R- Really year. good point. Yeah, really good if point. He went to he went to Xavier and Cincinnati in the same year. That would be something, but um and I have honestly been paying attention to I like to read how the uh, the enemy media, I guess so to speak, covers games and uh 
the Cincinnati media hopped all over that matchup already. They 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 even dubbed it like Xavier will host Huggins led WVU. So they're yeah, excited right. for this too. Deck baseball guy. Mm-hmm. So you got to hit me with a baseball story here, right? Right. Yeah. So Randy Mazie said just a couple hours after the team was not selected for this year's NCAA tour- tournament, he pulled a poker chip out of his pocket, put it on his shoulder, and said, "You got to play with this chip on your shoulder all next year." I. It, that's kind of a unique way to really put that message out there. But I think the, that team is going to take that to heart. And I, I'm really interested to see the comeback that this team is going to have. Basically, outside of a couple guys who graduated and no longer have, have eligibility left, the, the entire gang is coming back next year. You, you might have one or two guys get drafted possibly next month. We'll, we'll see when that happens. But really, the entire team is coming back I'm interested to see how this team responds to not being let in the NCAA tournament this year and how they respond and, and hopefully build an NCAA tournament case for themselves again here in, in 2023. And we're going to wrap up with one more event to look forward to, but I guess I'll just open the floor before I give you mine. Where am I going with this? Do you know? Young lads. Can you guess? Can you guess? Is it that it's obvious, Angelica? Dobby. Yeah, it's, it's is it that obvious? Yeah, okay, look, look. So this is not meant to be derogatory about the football or basketball team. Because I think Bob Huggins has done a great job retooling his roster and has put West Virginia in a chance in, an, in a position to compete again next year. But his team didn't make the NCAA tournament last year. The women's team didn't make the NCAA tournament last year. The football team made it to the guaranteed rate bowl and lost to Minnesota. And, and should be mentioned that Neil Brown has also done a terrific job of retooling not just his roster uh, through some adversity in the transfer portal, but also adding two great new assistant coaches in Graham Harrell and Tony Washington, the wide receivers coach from Coastal Carolina. The football and basketball teams are going to be exciting. They're always going to be the teams that draw at WVU and on just about every single other campus in the country. But when you look at things from from helicopter level and you examine everybody's roster going into this year as it stands, there is one team that is clearly in position to compete, not just to make the NCAA tournament, but to compete for a national championship this year. And that team is the men's soccer team. And there's no question that they're going to be the most exciting team on campus. So I just want to clarify again, I'm not saying they're going to be the only exciting team on campus, but they're not going to be the best kept secret in town for much longer. These guys are for real. They're exciting. They play a a great brand of soccer. They play an up-tempo style. They press like their Bob Huggins basketball team, and they score goals in fantastic fashion. Not to mention the fact that Dan Stratford and his two assistants are also thoroughbred Mountaineers. They're WVU guys. They played at WVU. Now they're coaching. The move to the Sun Belt is incredibly exciting because West Virginia is going to go from one great soccer league in the MAC, where Akron dominated perennially, to playing in the Sun Belt, where there are a ton of good regional powers, including Marshall that won the national title a couple of years ago. There's really never been a better time to be a soccer fan in West Virginia than over the past few years. Marshall got extremely good. Dan has turned this men's soccer team into a tremendous squad. And Nikki is O'Brown up until last year, had had made it to the NCAA tournament in 21 consecutive years. And it's very possible that 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 squad is going to get back there next year. But just based on talent returning and results from the previous year, the men's soccer team is the team that is in best position to compete for conference and national titles next year. And so don't sleep on those guys because they're going to be insane. And they might be one of the toughest tickets to get a hold of once the season really gets going. That's just my prediction. How big of a check Strats cut you for that? Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Uh, That's he, Nick's he campaign did. for when they win a conference 
or any type of championship, Nick wants uh, he you want the shirt and Nick yeah wants oh that yeah, yeah oh yeah ring. listen He's listen campaigning. so so yeah Joe Joe Mitchin's gonna have to get me sports info director for men's soccer and baseball is gonna have to get me connected for either a championship ring right but but really the thing that I want the most they've got these sick quarter zips uh, that have their initials on them so like Dan's got DS under the WVU shield. I just need one of those. As a guy who is not just an avid soccer observer, but soccer jersey collector, I need one of those. And if they sold them on Fanatics, I would already have them in every single color available. But they don't sell them. They only sell like football and basketball apparel. So can't get my hands on the uh, men's soccer one without a plug. So Joe Mitchin, if you're listening, help me out, bro. Angelica is Mountaineer football insider. Are you Mountaineer football insider? Could I be be, uh, Mountaineer Mountaineer Calcio Insider. That's that's the Sam okay. Sam. Italiano, see. See see. Listen listen. One one time they let me drive Dan Stratford around in a really nice and expensive Jeep for WVUSports.com, and and it was a ton of fun. He's a great dude. I really like him a lot. I I think I think that not only is he a nice guy and he's fun to interact with, like he's just a winner. The dude is a winner. His mentality and focus is razor sharp, and it reflects in the way those guys play. And it's been incredible to watch how much the program has grown over the last two years. When you consider all the adversity that all of these programs had faced, transfer portal, pandemic, whatever. Like Dan's team, he said, we're going to build a top 10 team here. And he's done it immediately. And they're just going to keep getting better. So that'll do it for this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We will probably take a little bit of a break shortly and then be back for Big 12 Media Days, which is coming up July 13th and 14th. And we imagine that there is going to be a ton to discuss after Big 12 Media Days, everything from the new members that are coming in in 2023, what's happening with Oklahoma and Texas, when are they leaving, is there going to be a new commissioner soon, and what's going to happen when these teams get on the field in 2022, starting September 1st, when West Virginia takes on Pitt in the backyard brawl at Heinz Field. Do you have something to add there, Trinone? I was just thinking this could be the final Media Days where we have to sit through slide-by-slide of why horns down is a penalty oh, and why we shouldn't wow. do it. This could be the this last be one. Did anyone else see the uh, the drama with horns down at the Women's oh, College World Series? Yeah, did you see the that? guy who sang the national anthem, yes. so right? For, for oh. those who didn't see it, and I, I, did you not see it, Angelica? So the, a guy who sung the national anthem at the Women's College Softball World Series did a horns down leaving the field afterwards. There was a picture taken of it. It might have made the broadcast that I'm not sure. He was then supposed to go to Omaha to sing one of the national anthems for the baseball College World Series. NCAA said, no, you are no longer invited. Right. Because he's been flagged 15 yards and a yeah. plane ride for I, I, his horns down. He, he maybe he maybe got a an unsportsmanlike, uh, what's it called? He got a talking to, right? A warning, an unsportsmanlike yeah. warning. If you do it again, you're done. Yeah. Well, he just got he just got pulled. But I thought the rule was if you did it to the crowd and not the players, <laughs> you did it, was it on safe. the bench and so, not. Yeah, so we right. Might need some analysis. <laughs> yeah. that's all I'm saying. But I think the key there, and again, subject for a different <laughs> podcast, but the key there is that the NCAA intervened, not the Big Twelve, right? right. So this yes, runs was deeper. NCAA. This runs deeper than the Big Twelve, yeah. which is why the more that it comes up, the more West Virginia fans are just going to continue to do it. I personally would like to see them abandon it once Big Twelve is no, or once Texas is no longer on the Big Twelve schedule. But that's just my personal opinion. Fans will do whatever they want. It's a very clean way 
or there could be worse hand gestures. Saying what we want to say about <laughs> there that. could be worse hand gestures. Yes. I guess, Deck. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we might take a quick break on the podcast for about a month and come back with Big Twelve Media Days shenanigans. Uh, hopefully, we'll be sending a couple of our reporters to Arlington, Texas, to cover Media Days for you at GoldenBlueNation.com. We, of course, in the meantime, invite you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all WBU sports happenings between now and then. And of course, the West Virginia Regional of the TBT also coming up in July. Something else to look forward to. Angelica, Jamie, thanks. Hey, Say bye. For having me. Jamie, bye. maybe we'll let you do another one of these sometime soon. Yeehaw, Mountaineers. And Deck, Sam, thanks, man. Where's Deck? Thanks, man. Oh, Deck, get the heck out of here. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.